Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 26 for me and season 22 for Amanda. And this is day 8 of season 94. Our first question asks what the equivalent is to a scarab beetle of a caterpillar, a maggot, and a tadpole. The, the youngest, the initial, the... I don't know what the actual term is for the... Is it larval? Yeah, larval, I think probably. Larval stage, uh, as it were. Uh, so my first thought was some kind of uh, worm or maggot or the like. And I was kind of thinking uh, as I was driving the middle child to school in the morning, and I kind of landed on grub. Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, grub would make sense. I mean, it's not quite a maggot. It's not really a worm. Uh, you know, it's not the... So, so I thought, and it just, that kind of worked for me, and I, and I, and I made sure to remember it. And then several hours later, when I was actually filling it out, because I had a lull in work, uh, I completely forgot that I was going to do that, and I just put worm. Oh. Because I thought maybe the scarab beetle comes from some sort of smallish, wormish kind mm -hmm. of creature. And that's what I, that's what I said, worm. Okay. Yeah, mine, I kind of locked in perhaps a little too early, although I don't think I would have gotten to the correct answer. Um, <clears throat> I had thought that being that a scarab beetle what was, is, is what was specified, um, I thought that something, that it was maybe leading towards something a little more um, lyrical, I guess. Mm. And so I thought, was well, this one of those insects that has a nymph before it has a final form? Mm. Because um, I thought that seemed, you know, scarab beetles kind of have a lot of lore and, you know, um, mm. sort mythological of mythological history, history yeah, around them. Um, and so I thought it can't just be something that sounds very lowly, I guess. So I ended up putting down a, putting down nymph because that came to mind. I was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm. It, why, it's probably a nymph. Let's go with that. I believe that nymph is a stage like larva, such that there isn't a thing that is a nymph. I, I looked it up, in fact, oh, okay. and it's just the, it's just a similarly larval stage, but for okay. other kinds of insects like crickets okay. and things like that. Right. Yeah, because it was grub, specifically yeah. white grub. Yeah, and I'm I didn't bother to look up why it specifies white oh. or or indicates that it could be specifically white grubs as mm. opposed to. Some other color, I guess. Perhaps other kinds of grubs engender other kinds of beetles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to feel dumb. Had yep. it and lost it. Yeah, I'm annoyed. Question two asks us for a CBS drama series that is a reboot of another CBS series with the same name from the 80s. Yeah, I, I, this is one of those questions that really bedevils me because... It's basically out of a huge category, you know, pluck the one with these characteristics. And my brain does not like to do that. It just, I, I tend to kind of lock up at that. And so I have to work away at it to just think of TV shows that I knew of in the 80s. This is basically, you know, if the show in the 80s finished its fourth and final season in 1989, that means it started in you know, 1985. And so that was when I was in seventh grade and just like on and on trying to think through 
what, like, just grindingly trying to figure out what was going on during that time period. Because I, you know, even worse is to say this drama series was ranked whatever in the 2021 rating season and it's on CBS and it's just like, great, like I, you know, how many things could I possibly know or or how could I possibly you know, picture the category of this and, and pick it out of that lineup, I guess. Um, but after spending just hours and hours racking my brains about this one, um, I came up with Magnum PI because I was, I was pretty sure that had been rebooted. I think CBS is what it was on both originally and, and, um, in the new version. I thought, yeah, that makes sense that it was a, a highest rated, um, you know, drama series. Um, what's interesting to me is that this question specifies that the reboot is a drama series and then just says series for the 1980s one. Uh. And so that threw me a little bit too, because I was like, is this going for, you know, the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air dark and grim reboot um, right, right. that has been out there. But I thought, no, those don't have the same name. It says this has the same name as the previous one. Um, and so I thought, you know, I thought through like Hawaii Five O. no, that was much earlier in its original form. Um, and I, you know, went through all these ones. I thought of chips. Um, and, and it was really just trying to pull even names that were definitely off the mark. Uh, trying to generate those in my brain today was just pulling teeth. Um, but eventually I settled on Magnum PI because I thought, I think that's about the right time frame. Like I can kind of, it was not a series I watched personally. My parents did. So I was like, you know, kind of trying to picture like this is right in the age where I'm sort of pulling away from watching a lot of network TV because I'm becoming like a teenager in high school, it was not, you know, the thing that I filled my evenings with nearly as much as I got older. Um, and so, you know, just kind of Magnum PI was the closest I was going to get to this. So that's what I ended up putting down. Yeah, I just, uh, I couldn't land on this. Part of the problem is we don't watch a lot of CBS shows. No. And we don't watch a lot of drama shows. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of gave those up uh, at the... In, in the sort of coincident times of uh, young babyhood and the beginning of the Trump administration because we just yeah. didn't have the time or inclination to devote an entire hour of our evenings to watching something that was probably only going to depress us. Yeah, something emotionally taxing. Yeah. Maybe more of that. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I, I couldn't think of it. I, I also uh, just tried thinking of it from both directions and couldn't and... Mm. Finally came up with Hawaii Five-0, which I knew was wrong, <laughs> but I knew there'd been a CBS version, or I thought there had been a CBS version recently. I thought, mm. well, maybe it was pretty high rated. Yeah, it's definitely a reboot. So, yeah. So that's what I said, Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. Much to our mutual chagrin, I'm certain. Yes. The answer is The Equalizer. Which is which a CBS watch. drama, which is a CBS show we watch. We it is a drama show it. we watch. It, uh, we, we decided when they said Queen Latifah was going to be the equalizer that, oh, hells yeah. yes, we were going to watch yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. At the very least to see how uh, how horribly wrong it might go. And <laughs> to our uh, to our everlasting delight, it has not yet gone wrong. No, it's, I mean, it's still a bit um, CBS drama-y. Oh, yeah. 
you know, it's, it's definitely, um, filtered through that, you know, lens and style somewhat, mm-hmm. but it's, we've enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's very depressing, yep. you know, in a, a totally separate way. Um, I think part of what threw me too, is that when I saw, you know, it's this highest rated in this particular rating season, it made me think something that was sort of like only in that season, mm-hmm. like that it hadn't been going on before that point. Mm to garner those ratings and and so i just implicitly decided that that was the case somehow because um, that was like three seasons ago and i think it's on its third season hmm that would be well two seasons ago right oh yeah that's right um, maybe it's on its second but yeah it's yeah that may well have been its first season it's possible um but either way mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. i think of it as a, se- a thing that's been right. on a few years right um and so this sounds like a show that was on one year or that mm-hmm. particular year for whatever reason. Anyway, our apologies to Queen Latifah. As always. Because we enjoy that show. <laughs> uh, question three is asks us for basically what two countries have different types of influence over the Island Islands, if I'm remotely pronouncing that right. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the first A in the name of the islands has the little circle over it mm-hmm. which tells me it's scandinavian right uh so you know that narrows down to like three or four possibilities mm-hmm. and i just kind of figured well maybe it was denmark and greenland because mm. i know they've got kind of a weird self-governing autonomy kind of mm-hmm. arrangement and have for a long time even you know including the the League of Nations time of a hundred years ago, almost. Right. Uh, so I figured, yeah, yeah, with with nothing else to go on, no actual knowledge of this, I'll go with Denmark and Greenland. Okay. Yeah, I, um, for whatever reason, I assumed, like I know that there's lots of islands around Britain that are mm. sort of like this, like the Faroe mm-hmm. Islands mm-hmm. and... Um, there, there may be some others that I'm just, you know, I, I think the Shetland Islands are more directly UK. But anyway, um, I, I thought this to me is plausibly, um, you know, a set of islands or, you know, a little a bit of, uh, you know, or a very small set of islands that is sort of like governed by Britain or the UK. Um, and then it has a Scandinavian cultural and linguistic association Mm -hmm. like that. That's what sounded plausible to me is somewhere up there in the North Atlantic, North sea, whatever the area would be considered. Um, And so mostly what I spent my time thinking about is which one is the country in the Scandinavian peninsula there that is closest to Britain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can, Reasonable. it's always hard to, for me to remember for whatever reason, which one is Sweden, which one is Norway. Because right. I figured those, you know, the, the A with the little circle over it definitely suggested, you know, one of those to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that mark is used a lot in, um, you know, Ikea furniture and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and so I finally settled on Britain and Sweden. Because I thought, I think Sweden's the one on the outside. And maybe I'm totally wrong about that. It's it's entirely likely. Norway's the one on the outside. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm not even right in my own reasoning. Um, but, yeah, I, I just put down Britain and Sweden because I thought something in between those two might be, have those two, you know, sort of different um, characteristics appending to it. Sure. 
uh, yeah, it was Sweden and Finland. Well, dang it. So, you were much closer than I was. Yeah, and definitely this is a more, I guess, yakioid question than I even thought. I just... Yeah. You know. It, it makes sense that it's uh, Sweden and Finland because... Uh, it talks about a linguistic association with one country, uh-huh. uh, and but but is within another country, and sure. Sweden and Norway and Denmark all have much more similar languages uh-huh. than Finland, which is a completely different branch. Sure, and that therefore the linguistic autonomy would be more notable between Finland and any of those other countries. Sure, which is kind of why I, I went with Greenland as well because it has. Uh, an indigenous population that would have mm. its own language, its own yeah. linguistic uh, association and such. But I mean, that would also apply to Britain right. and Sweden as a pair of yeah. countries as well. Yeah, that too. So it's it's very much like mm-hmm. something Scandinavian and then what? Yeah. <laughs> that's really, yeah. that's really it. Now, question four, very straightforward. What was the most popular first name for boys in the United States in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, I just thought this one had to be Michael. Just kind of... I, I probably read about this because there was that Baby Name Explorer mm-hmm. uh, infographic interactive thing that was kind of popular for people to fiddle around with for a while back there. Um, and so that plus my own experience of just going to school with a ton of guys named Mike. Yeah. Um, really, really just kind of... Like, that popped to mind immediately, and I tried to, you know, feebly talk myself into anything else. I was like, could it be Jeff, though? Because there's lots of variations of Jeff. And I was like, no, it's yeah. Michael. Um, it's definitely Michael. I have a cousin, Michael. I, you know, again, went to school with lots of them. I just, yeah. It's, uh, I, I couldn't um, uh, rationalize any other choice but that one. And so that's what I put down. Yeah, the, the first thing that popped into my head when I read this was, oh, it's Michael, because I remember hearing that Michael would, had been a, an historically popular name, especially in Gen X. Mm. Um, then I thought, well, wait, isn't Jonathan or John supposedly really popular? You and think? I kind of had that in the blank for a while, but then when I sat down to do it, I, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's Michael, because mm-hmm. John was m- popular earlier, Michael was more my generation, and, and I also got to thinking, like, what, what were there a lot of in all my classes? There were always a lot of Mikes. A lot mm-hmm. of Michaels and, and Nicks and the like. Yeah, okay. Yep. We'll go with Michael. Yep, and that was the correct answer. Finally. Think, right? Jeez. Oof. Gosh. Uh, question five is also our other gimme of the day, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> uh, asks Gracias. us what 2001 movie musical um, featured a cavalcade of hit songs. <laughs> And it was the third in the Red Curtain trilogy, yes. so named because that is how it opened with mm-hmm. a, a crazy red curtain and the, the conductor grandly and theatrically raising his baton and ah. crashing it down as the music swelled and the curtain went up. And this was Moulin Rouge! Exclamation point. Right. Uh, one of my favorite movies of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the songs were all... Uh, you know, I can... I can remember them the performances perfectly and visualize them and, and hear them <laughs> in my mind and this question brought me much happiness over the course of the day which was sure. nice. <laughs> yes i know this is uh, a longtime favorite of yours i think we've watched it together at least once mm-hmm. um and it is by baz lerman mm-hmm. who um 
became a favorite of mine when he was more of an indie director, you know, kind of building his notoriety um, and directed Strictly Ballroom, right. which was, uh, you know, made was making the rounds of indie movie theaters mm-hmm. um, when we were in college. And yeah. I, I went and saw it on, on a lark at probably the State Theater in yeah. Ann Arbor um, and really thoroughly enjoyed it because very over the top. And I think, was mm-hmm. it the first of this trilogy, yes. basically? Um, and it's just, just a delight in so many ways. Um, and my, my only qualm was like realizing or kind of affirming for myself that Moulin Rouge was the third in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't think of the second one. Romeo and Juliet. It is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't think of what the second one was. And I was like, well, I know it's not the first one. Um, and 2001 sounds right. And mm-hmm. it's definitely the jukebox musical of the ones that are out there. Yep. Um, and so I also put down Moulin Rouge, but I did not punctuate it because <laughs> I'm not required to. Yeah, well, <laughs> well technically, sure. Just not as much fun. Yes, how darest I? Moulin Rouge. No, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Listen, the rest of my day was Moulin Rouge. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's yeah. fair. Question six uh, asks us, what board game had the disclaimer, game cards do not actually talk, and the, the cards had various people's names? Yeah, this is the other one that just broke my brain, and I'm really, <laughs> really annoyed that it did so, because it's such a dumb and boring-seeming game um, in, in the end. I, I didn't get this right, so I won't overly go through my thought process. It it's centered around trying to think where would I know those four names listed, Joe, Rachel, Leo, and Farah from. And um, the answer is some dumb game that I never played. Um, but I ended up going with a possible unintentional um, best wrong answer of Survivor the board game. Because <laughs> I just thought, yeah, okay, who I pictured it partly, the problem is I pictured these as a deck of cards that you would be playing along with, you know, the fact that it's a board game, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah. is there even a board per se? I mean, it's, there there's racks. I mean, that's that. Yes. The, the, the rack is mm-hmm. a board. Okay. Um, so that, that was part of my problem is trying to both picture like something that would be, um, you know, involving cards but fitting the board game description that is not a combination that there are a lot of in my experience and i was trying to think of like is this like a memory game was this some offshoot of i I almost put down like garbage pail kids the game too because i thought you know these names might be actually you know have additional descriptors on the card but that's the you know the person name that's on them or whatever um so yeah I'm talking way more about this than I should because I got it wrong anyway. So I'll just throw it over to you and say, yeah, Survivor, the board game, please clap. <laughs> uh, this is Guess Who. Yeah, whatever. Um, which I also never played. Uh, I think I, I think it was in my mind because I saw a TikTok recently of someone playing with the original set. And if you if you ask, is the person black, there is <laughs> one 
possibility. So he's just, he's just <laughs> you, they, I think it was two black people playing, and one of them said, is your person black? And the person just kind of stared at them as they flicked down every <laughs> one of them but one. Anne was the only black character in the original oh my Guess Who. Yeah. And I, you know, I looked this up later, mm-hmm. too, because I was so irate about being asked about this horrible, dumb game. And I um, read about a little bit on Wikipedia about the controversy of the fact that only five of the characters are female. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole thing where, you know, a, a young girl wrote to Hasbro and said, why is why is being female a trait? And then the other 19 cards are sort of just the default, like mm-hmm. being male isn't a trait right. that you could, you mm-hmm. know, ask about to eliminate a certain number of cards or whatever. Um, and so, you know, that, that was a whole like insensitive answer that they gave that was just made me more annoyed that I had to be (laughs) made to think about this, this very, like, I haven't played it, but just by the description, I would find it so boring. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a child's, uh, game. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even as a child, I hated those memory games. Like they're so pointless. It's. It's it's not exactly a memory game because you're looking at the things. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, you're, yeah. It's uh, it's very, it's very elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's more, it, it's in that sort of meta game, uh, field of your Candylands and, mm. um, what's the other one that I always think of when I'm thinking of these games that that almost the the point of the game is not to play the game or to win the game. The point of the game is to teach a young child about playing games ah. it's, to, it's to to introduce like one rule mm-hmm. like you know Candyland is okay the piece moves along the track and uh-huh. that's all there is in Candyland there are no choices in Candyland there is no uh, right it's all luck it's, 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 all it's yeah it's it's purely just chance. okay you know let's let's find let's see if we can figure out how to move the the piece okay and once mm-hmm. you've got that down and you've kind of explored the game space then you can move on to you know, maybe your uh, your shoots and ladders, or something that involves choice, or you know, something that involves dice, and you learn how to how to throw dice, and you learn about odds of dice and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So this is kind of one of those where you're you're just sort of learning how to pick out traits. Yeah, and, process of elimination. Yeah, kind of how to thing. eliminate. Yeah, mm-hmm. so how to narrow choices and the like. Right. So, yeah. So you know, you you can teach a kid that when they're looking at this field of things. That, you know, oh, uh, it, does your person have a green hat on? Well, that only eliminates, like, one thing. Mm-hmm. Versus, oh, is your person wearing a, a hat? Well, maybe that's four or five different pieces that you can sure, eliminate. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, um, mm-hmm. I can see how that is. Yeah. Um, but it's such a one-trick pony mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, you know I, I, I get what you mean about just sort of learning that gameplay aspect of it. My other slight issue with this is... I don't recall there being sort of a, a guess who, I don't know, phenomenon around yeah, it. Yeah, apparently there was a whole commercial where the cards talked. I don't know. Yeah, I well, yeah, but that's like, that did that make that a, a thing that's supposed to be in my memory of my childhood? Like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was like just older than us. Mm. And, and it was... Or just younger, possibly. Yeah, it might have been that too. Um, I forget when exactly it came out. Yeah. Well, it was that. I mean, it's been out for a long time, and right. I recognize that in that sense, it's a classic quote unquote game. Um, but it's it seems like it's for you know 
some sort of remedial purpose. That, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's from the early 80s in the U.S. So yeah, it was it might, a little after our time. Just a little after when we were the target. Yeah, because you know? if we're, you know, nine or ten years old, I think we already got this mm-hmm. this skill set down better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I guess it, you know, we're probably, we're just older than the kids who are watching the TV shows with the ads for it or something. Could be. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just they had three. Two on the day for me. I just... Really rebounded from that uh, first week, aren't we? Well, it's because Thorsten has realized that I got into Arundel. Yeah. It took him a few days to yeah, catch up with that. Yeah. But it's definitely personally to quash my aspirations mm-hmm. of staying at Arundel, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's kind of rude. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so like... <laughs> You know, much like on uh, Tuesday, was it, that I ended up with one out of six, yeah. I want to say. And yeah. just like, man, just feel like I have very little to offer except maybe commiseration mm-hmm. with some of you out there um, for, for having a, a horrible, horrible day. And I mean, you know, it's not like anything too awful happens to me if I get relegated from Arundel. I, I don't get banished from Learned League or anything. Right. Um, and I shouldn't talk about relegation on day eight because there's way too much season left. Still, dispiriting. Yeah. It is not it fun to be. have a series of horrible yeah. ones after starting with a good, you know, mm-hmm. a good run of like feeling competent and then just yeah. getting smacked down. Yeah, especially having ones where I knew the answer and oh, it that's out so of my head. that's so annoying. That is the I'm worst. sorry about that. Mm. What a drag. Yeah. And and the equalizer will be forever. Yeah. That that is actually very much our fault. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like Just, we, you know, we I myself barely remember what network shows are on. Oh yeah, no. Oh my gosh. Like I it, because we have a DVR set up and it records the equalizer yeah. and it shows me the equalizer when the equalizer has been on and mm-hmm. I don't have to think about oh, it is Sunday at nine o'clock, I need to turn the t- the television to channel two using a large knob God, no, device yeah. <laughs> to watch the equalizer. No, yeah. it simply appears and like mm-hmm. and really even I, I I barely remember what streaming services have what because those all show up on a display except mm-hmm. for Netflix. So there are two channels yeah. of streaming services. There is Netflix that I have to go into because the uh, Apple TV doesn't recognize the API. Right. And there's everything else which simply appears in a line on the bottom of my screen and I can choose from them. <laughs> yes. Well, and moreover, are there not also some times where if our recording of the equalizer is messed up by something, mm-hmm. you go into one of the streaming services yes. and retrieve it anyway. And... So it's definitely just a streaming yeah. show. Yeah. It's not and I... affiliated it... with any other, yeah. you know. It, it, that may be Paramount Plus. I'm not sure. Sounds and I'm plausible. Only saying that because I think that's <laughs> what CBS's kind of streaming service is. So mm. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So we've talked way too long about oh my God. A, a board game and a television show for the day. And, and this horrible match day, yeah. which just, yeah, is very, uh, yeah. makes us very grouchy. <laughs> so well, let's cut it off there and yep. say that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.